Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. All right, you guys ready for some gospel? Let's go. What does gospel mean? Good news. One more time. What does gospel mean? The gospel means good news, and it means there's no bad news to the good news. If you can find bad news in it, then it's not good news. There's no such such thing as good news mixed with bad news. It's either good news or bad news, right? When you go to the doctor, does he say, do you want the good news that's mixed with the bad news? No, you can't do that. What does he say? You want the good news or the bad news first? (laughs) See, the one or the other. So today I have nothing but good news. What, are we, what have we been talking about for the last 10 weeks? Identity. Is anybody growing? Watch this. I hope you're hearing more than sermons. America's filled with churches that are hearing nothing but sermons. No, we, we are going somewhere. Something is happening in your heart. And I hope you can, I hope you can really, really sense that. Man, I'm really, really pumped. I just got a simple, simple word I want to share with you today that, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't sit down and prepare sermons anymore. At least that's just not the way the Lord does it with me. Nothing wrong with that. But I do want to say I don't sit down and say, oh, man, this, this will be good. Like, this will make them shout, boy. This right here. Woo, we'll be running around the room. I do. I just want you, I do not do that. I got friends that do that, and they're really good at doing that. I wish I could do that. I just, it's not, it's not how I operate. But what I do do when I sit down and I say, Holy Spirit, what, what will live well? There's some stuff that preaches well, but it doesn't live well. And if, it, if you're learning something in your family gatherings like this that doesn't work while you're doing hair, if it doesn't work in Home Depot, if it doesn't work in the dentist office, right? If it doesn't work in your cubicle, it's probably not gospel. And so I want to give you something that will stick to your bones and it'll, 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 it'll live well. You guys ready? So we've been talking about identity for 10 weeks. So we're just going to stay in that path. I got a few Bible verses for you. I'm going to just shout these out really quickly. Um, so you can kind of hold, hold these, but one's going to be John chapter three, verse eight, John chapter three, verse eight. One is going to be Titus chapter three, verse five. So John three, eight, Titus three, five. I got two coming from Ezekiel. We pull in from the Hebrew scriptures today, uh, Ezekiel eleven nineteen and Ezekiel 36, 26. And Katie, I also got one that I didn't give you that I would would probably be great if you could uh, just get ready for that one. And that is Isaiah 62 and 2. Isaiah 62 and 2. But first, let's go to John 3, 8. Um, we'll be out pretty quick today. It's about, about five hours. It won't be too long before you. So I promise you, um, we'll be done pretty quickly. So John chapter 3, verse 8. Kate, let's, let's hit that one first. John chapter 3, verse 8. Everybody say Identity. Identity. I feel like there's something I wrote down really good this week and I couldn't find it. So maybe it's not meant for me to maybe it's not meant for me to say it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. John chapter three, verse eight. This is Jesus having a private conversation with a guy named Nicodemus. And uh, this is part of that conversation. I love John chapter three because in there there's a guy named Nicodemus. Who comes to Jesus? He was a Pharisee. Everybody say Pharisee. Pharisee. The word Pharisee in the Hebrew, if you look at it, literally, it means separated ones. He lived a separated life. Really, he was extremely religious, very critical 
um, very condemning. Uh, his, his genre of people that he ran with really hated Jesus because Jesus was other than them. Jesus was not like them. Except for Nicodemus had been watching Jesus and he recognized there's something different about this guy. He's healing people. He's feeding people. He's having conversations with people that religious people normally don't have conversations with. He's doing everything that religious people shouldn't be doing. Hanging out with unrighteous people. They're sinful. You can't hang out with them. Jesus is like, watch me. Jesus stayed at parties. His first miracle was water, not the Pepsi. It was water to wine. He was always at somebody's house eating. He was always hanging out with the unpopular crowd, right? And who is Jesus? Jesus is God. So this is what God was doing. So Nicodemus is watching Jesus. He's like, man, you know what? The Pharisees hate you, but there's something about you. But he couldn't come and see Jesus at day because if the other Pharisees saw Nicodemus come in and see Jesus, he would lose his position as a Pharisee. He would lose his reputation. So John 3, 1 says, Jesus, being a Pharisee, comes, it says Nicodemus, being a Pharisee, comes to Jesus at night. Everybody say Nick at night. <laughs> Everybody under the age of 30 is like, what was she talking about? Nick at night? Anyway, just, just Google it, okay? So this is the first Nick at night. Nick comes to Jesus at night because he couldn't come in today. And this is what he says in John 3 and 1. I know that you are a man who comes from God because can't nobody do the things you're doing unless God is with him. He said, I've been watching things come out of your fingertips. Ain't nobody else spitting on the ground and wiping blindness out of people's eyeballs, but you are. I don't see nobody else calming wind and waves, but you are. I don't see nobody in my group really driving out demons, but you are. And I may not necessarily like your message, but there's something different about you. And he comes at night and he has this conversation. And Jesus answers a question Nicodemus didn't even ask. Jesus says, Nicodemus, you got to be born again. Matter of fact, back up to verse, back up to verse 5. Let's see what verse 5 says. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. Jesus says, Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter what? Everybody's trying to get into the kingdom. Jesus says, well, you got to be born of water and spirit, or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Everybody say, you got to be born there. How do, you, how do you become an American? Well, you can fill out some paperwork and hope it passes, or you can be born here, right? You become a citizen of a nation easily when you are born there. Next verse. He says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is what? Spirit. So in other words, when a woman has a natural baby, she had a physical birth, right? Would you agree? And he said the same way there is a spiritual birth. There's a natural birth and a spiritual birth. Keep going. Now, Jesus says, Nicodemus, don't marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Go to verse 4. Watch poor Nicodemus. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can a man be born 
when he's old. In other words, he said, how can I be born when I've already been born? I would ask the same question. This is, I would, I, I'm Nicodemus. I would ask the same question. And then you got to understand, Nicodemus was a man who taught the whole nation, millions of people, but he was missing something. And he says, can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb and try to come back out? Now, I'm thinking, bro, you ain't, you, you got some screws loose. But Jesus was introducing a concept to the planet that had never been introduced before, new birth. New birth. It seems logical to me to, okay, okay, I mean, let me, Nicodemus, come on, really? And Jesus says, no, nasty, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You just, you, no, come along, Nicodemus, that's not what I'm talking about. And he says, what you're talking about, Nicodemus, is a physical birth, but what I'm talking about is a what? Spiritual birth. So verse 7 again, Katie, he says, don't let it blow your mind that I'm saying to you, you must be born again. Next verse, he says, this is Jesus talking about the spiritual birth. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of the wind, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. And then he says this, so is everyone who is born of the spirit. You don't know where the wind's going. You don't always know where it's coming from, but you can tell the effects of the wind. He says, likewise, when the spirit is giving birth inside of people to himself or rebirth into this kingdom, he said, it's a lot like the moving of the wind. You don't control it, Nicodemus, but it is a reality. Try to go out there and grab the wind with your hand and stop it. You don't control where it goes. That's why we don't control the movement of how God moves, right? So is everyone born of the Spirit. Watch this. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. Is the wind unpredictable? He said, as unpredictable as the movement of God's Spirit is, that's how unpredictable the movement of God's Spirit is going to be through us. Jesus, right? Go next verse. Just keep on reading here. Nicodemus said, how can, I don't understand. You lost me. How can it be? How can it be? And Jesus said, aren't you the teacher of all of Israel and you don't know these things? I tell you, Nicodemus, I speak what I know and I testify to what I have seen, but you don't receive my witness. If I've told you earthly things, he told Nicodemus, this was an earthly revelation. I'm like, well, what in the world is a heavenly one? He said, I told you earthly things and you act like you can't believe it. He said, then I know you're not going to believe it when I tell you heavenly things. Holy Ghost haircut, right? And he's easing into a real heavenly revelation, which is going to be John 3, 16. If you don't believe this, you ain't about to believe what I'm fixing to tell you. Because Yahweh loves the whole cosmos to such a degree that he will give his only begotten son that whoever just believes on him will never perish and they'll have everlasting life and Nicodemus is just rattling going what in the world are you talking about everybody say identity say identity Titus chapter 3 verse 5 by the way born again is a real it's just a really 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 bad translation the best translation is born from above everybody say born from above 
really, if you look it up, it means to be born from above. He, he was saying, Nicodemus, everybody has a, a below birth. But everybody needs a born from above birth. Watch this. Paul t- is talking to Titus. He said, this is not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to the mercy of our father, he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration. That's the only time that word is used in the scripture. The washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say new birth. New birth. Come on, one more time. Say new birth. New birth. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. Ain't you glad you go to a church where they read the Bible? I can tell you some that don't, but anyway, just. Then I will give them one heart. I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them and I will take out the stony heart of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh. Verse, that next one I gave in Ezekiel, whatever that was, Katie, I believe it's 36. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I will give you a new heart. Everybody say new heart. And I'll put a new spirit within you, and I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That Isaiah 62, and we're going to be done. Isaiah 62 and 2 says this. The nations will see your righteousness, and kings will see your glory, and you will be called by a new name. Everybody say new name. Which the mouth of the Lord will name. One more time. Say new identity. Say new heart. Say new birth. Say new name. Say new identity. Say new heart. Say new birth. Say new name. So we've been talking about identity. That's great. You know, you can actually get online and get another one. You can actually pay and you can legally get your name changed. But I want to say this. Getting your name changed does not mean you get a new nature. A lot of people change their clothes, they change their jobs, they change their addresses, but they cannot change their nature. When the scriptures speak about a new identity, it's not just God giving you a new name change. There are people in scripture, they got their name changed, but their name change was simply done to point to the fact that they have a new nature. So God changes Abram's name, father of one, to Abraham, father of a multitude. That that was so powerful that when the Lord tells Abraham, he says, go to the place that I'll show you and sacrifice your son or your only son on the hill that I tell you. I told the Lord one day, I was like, oh, I got you. I found a, I found a, bad, a bad mistake in the Bible. And, there, and there's a lot of, there's some crazy contradictions in the scripture, but I won't get there today. But I, this is a big one here because, here, 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 God, because Abraham doesn't have one son. He has how many? But you told him to take his only son. He said, no, Joshua. He said, you error. I err. He said, no, you error. He said, because Abraham didn't have two sons. Abram had Ishmael. Abraham had Isaac. Because when God changed his name from Abram, Abram literally with his name, he had Ishmael. When he became Abraham, it was then that he had Isaac. And God said, your new identity is so deep in how it impacts you. I don't even consider what you did 
prior to me re-identifying you. I don't even attach that to you. So Abraham did have one boy. I'm, I wish I could throw that monitor. I would throw it right in Courtney's lap. Abram got his name changed to Abraham because it was God saying, I'm giving you a new identity, but you don't believe it unless I give you a new name. Sarah, his wife, got her name changed to Sarah. Why? Because God was giving her a new identity or, as it were, a new nature. In the new covenant, Saul, the persecutor, the terrorist of his day, got his name changed to who? Paul. Simon got his name changed to who? Peter. Thank you. What is another? Anybody got any other new name changes in the new covenant that come to mind? Saul to Paul. Big one. Jacob to Israel. Remember that one? Jacob and Israel are the same person. Why does God do these things? Because I want you to know that I am changing your, not just your name, I'm giving you a brand new identity. But if you tell me you got a new identity, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expect you to be different. Yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus now. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean you go to church and you're moral? I know people that go to synagogues all over the world and they're more moral than most Christians. But that does not mean they are new creations. The beauty of the gospel is not that God puts a new garment over an old nature. The beauty of the gospel is that God gives a new nature to all who believe. This is the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of seeing Jesus as he is does not mean that he makes me a Joshua 2.0. I'm a little bit better than the old me. Right? We've all heard this quote before. God doesn't come to make bad people good. He comes to bring dead people back to life. This is the hope of the gospel. So what does it mean to be born again? What is the beauty of the new birth? How do you get this new identity? Simple. If you literally with your heart have acknowledged Jesus, you may not even know this, but you have been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. A lot of people are asking the Lord to do things truthfully that he's already done. We are just ignorant of what has already happened. The root word of ignorant is the word ignore. We have ignored what's already happened. He's already given you a new nature. <laughs> Let's be honest. We were waiting to feel something. When I feel different, I'll act different. No, you don't wait till you feel different. You start living based off what truth says and you watch your feelings adjust accordingly. So the hope of the gospel. Jesus says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. What did Paul tell Titus in Titus chapter 3? He said this regeneration thing, this is the work of the Lord, not the work of you. You don't do anything to get born again. You can't sing a song. You can't preach a sermon. You can't say a prayer good enough. This is the work of the Lord. If it had to be determined on me to do it and on me to keep it, it'll never happen. How many times have you heard me say, thank God my salvation wasn't based upon me keeping it. I can't keep up with my car keys. 
What's, what's big now? My wife will tell you, I can't keep up with my AirPods. Like, I just, they just keep vanishing. I keep buying new ones, then I find the ones I, I, I bought before. Right? This is the work of the Lord. Where does the new nature come from? Your heart. I love saying this. There are a lot of things that you can perform on yourself if you get hurt. You can give yourself a new Band-Aid. Right? You can even stitch your arm if you wanted to. But there isn't a person on the planet that can do heart surgery on themselves. You hear it? It has to take the Lord. Listen to the words of Ezekiel. I'm going to give you a new spirit and a new heart, which, by the way, in his day, they had never heard of that, and it was not a reality in the days of Ezekiel. He was peering several hundred years into the future when the Christ would come and find adulterous women, and he would give them a new nature. He would find tax collectors, and he would give them a new nature. Come on. Come on. He would find the outcast of his day and he would say, come and follow me. And he would give them a new nature. And he turned prostitutes into modern day preachers of his day. What? He let adulterous women pour oil on his feet. That's like me and my wife at our, at our, our, at our dinner table are eating and the local streetwalker comes in. I'm trying to be, how can I say this in a, in a somewhat Christian way? Oh, Pastor Josh, I just want to, let me be sitting down to eat with my family and the local comes in, pouring oil on you. I just want to sit at your feet and pour oil on it. Now I'm telling you, the spirit of Bruce Lee going to come on Lindsay Jones and it's going to get bad right there. Like I'm telling you right now, whoever, the spirit of the rock, undertaker, power bombs coming out. Jesus would intentionally put himself around people who were jacked up. They didn't have the, they didn't speak Christianese. You know, glory to God, brother. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. You meet them in Walmart. They can't say, what's up, man? They got to say, glory to God, brother. I run from those people. No, I don't want to be around you right now because you are religious. You ask them how their day is going. They're living in hell. I'm blessed and highly favored. Lying. Your marriage is jacked up. You're about to lose your job. You can't pay your bills. You got a bad report. For, like life, and just say, you know what, man? I'm, I'm living in chaos right now. But God is still good, though. Right? Jesus found people who didn't speak Christianese. He found people who didn't know how to fake it like the Pharisees. And a regeneration happened on the inside of them. He literally, Marcus, he re-identified them. Man, he took... He took Simon Peter, who was a fisherman, coarse, man. He was coarse in many ways. And he would go on and he renamed him Peter or Petrus or a rock or the rock. He said, you're as unstable as water, Simon. That's what Simon means, unstable. But I'm going to name you Petra. His name was Simon, unstable, but he named him Petra, which is a rock. He said, I'm going to call you solid, even though you're not solid yet. I'm going to call you consistent even though you're not consistent yet. And as you follow me, waver, as you follow me, unstable, I'm going to let you do things that people with your nature should not be able to do. Simon, rocks don't walk on water. But it was rock that got the revelation to step out of the boat. And rock walked on water. Rock did something that his nature said it shouldn't be possible. I'm telling you, when Jesus Christ re-identifies you, he will take porn addicts. 
Maybe I'm doing this wrong. People that struggle with false humility. People that struggle with being really overly religious. People that were statistics of divorce. People that really grew up in abstract poverty. You fill in the blank. He will take whatever you think you were. And he says, I got something great inside of you. It's the hope of the new birth. This is the hope of the gospel, man. This is why the gospel is powerful. And it doesn't depend on me to do it. Religious people always get upset because they always want to find something. Yeah, brother, I know, but you have to do. No, 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 no. There is no yeah, brother, but. There is a Jesus has done it. I put faith in it, and it is a reality for me. Nicodemus said, I don't understand how it can happen. It's the hope of the new birth. It is God giving us a new heart. Now, watch this. With the new birth, every time someone is born, they get a what? A new What is my name? What have we been learning for the past three weeks? He said, Isaiah, he said, your name is Hepzibah, which means what? I take delight in you. I take pleasure in you. What did the father speak over his son at the day of his baptism? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm what? Well, please remember what had Jesus done for the father to be pleased with him? How many demons had he cast out at that time? How many storms had he calmed? How many widows had he fed? Listen, he didn't raise anybody from the dead. And the father said, my pleasure's all over you. I love telling this story. When my son was born, I grabbed him immediately. And the first thing I said was, I am so proud of you. He hadn't done nothing. He hadn't even pooped on me at that time. I mean, he still had all of the alien-like stuff on. You know, they wipe it off. But, but he just had like, he hadn't done anything. Watch this. He didn't even know he existed. And I said, you are my pleasure When a baby's born, after their new birth, they get a name. And that name speaks fathoms about who that child will be. When Honor was born, we didn't know what we were going to name him. I really believe it was on the day of his birth that we got the name Honor, or the day before he was born. He'll be, he'll be called Honor. Like, Why do you want to name him Honor? Because we want to name him something that in his generation, they'll say is dead. But every time they call his name, they'll, they'll know that Honor lives. What is the father speaking over us? He says, you're my delight and you're my pleasure. And I want you to know this. You're my pleasure whether you're hitting home runs or not. You're my pleasure whether you're making straight A's or not. You're my pleasure whether you cussed this week or not. You're my pleasure whether you got it all right this week or not. Because you being my pleasure has nothing to do with you getting it all right. Is it good to get it right? Yes. But God doesn't give pleasure and take it away. He doesn't make you his delight and then remove it from you based on whether or not you were a good boy or a good girl. And the beautiful thing about this new name, Hepzibah, this new name of beloved, is it doesn't get given to us and it doesn't get taken away. I want you to understand something. God never takes away. It was Job in the scripture that said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But the Lord never takes away. It was truly spoken in scripture, but it's not true. God doesn't take away. He only gives. He doesn't even know how to take away. He only gives. He only gives. He doesn't take away. 
So he says, you are my delight. You will forever be my delight. God doesn't have the rose that says, I love you today. I don't love you. I love you. He doesn't love me. He loves me. He doesn't love me. He only has, I love you petals. He only has, you're my delight petals. He only has, you're my pleasure petals. And he lavishes them upon us. So with our identity, catch this, we get a new birth. We get a new heart. And we get a new name. And we didn't have to do nothing for it. It was all gifts from the Father. You simply say, Lord, I see that. I recognize that. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Come on, Taylor, back to the keys. Everybody say new birth. Say new heart. Say new spirit. Say new name. You know, the Bible says that, Second Peter says this, we have a divine nature. Isn't that crazy? Like, Kaylin, you have a divine nature. Like, I grew up in a church, and you couldn't say that, even though the Bible said it. Well, brother, I know the Bible said that, bless God, but, you know, that's not what it means. But could you please interpret that for me? You have been given a divine nature. I have a divine nature. My wife will tell you. Don't look at her. Just look at me. Look, I'm talking. Look, right here. That boy's got a divine nature. (laughs) Yeah, but Josh, what do I do when my life doesn't look like nothing like what what the Bible says? I would say this. If you've been given a new birth and a new heart, a new name, even a new language, even a new language, The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new. You see, all these news. But why do I see nothing but old in my life if I got all these news? Did God mean what he said? I promise you he did. There's been times I'm like, Lord, you said this is true. But I'm telling you, I see no evidence of it in my life. I said last night, me and my wife got a great surprise. My my oldest brother, he's uh, soon 44, um, just called me yesterday and was like, hey, how far do you live from Edmond, Oklahoma? Like in Oklahoma City. He doesn't know the geography of Oklahoma City. And I said, man, I, I don't, I live in Edmond. He's like, you live in Edmond? I'm like, yeah, I live in Edmond. He's like, I'm headed there right now. I'll be there in a couple hours. I'm like, uh, okay. Cool. He travels the country painting signs. He was coming to paint uh, the five below sign from Florida. He leaves here. He goes to Missouri. From Missouri, goes to Oklahoma. From the, I mean, goes to uh, Ohio. From Ohio, he goes to Maine. Just painting signs. He said, it'll take me 45 minutes. I drove all the way from Florida. It'll take 45 minutes to paint a sign. I'm like, it's crazy to me. He's been in prison twice for trafficking cocaine. Just recently got to a place where he can speak to his two boys again. Went to the same church I, I, I went to. We slept in the same bed all the days of our life that we actually lived together. Me, him, and my brother slept in the same bed because we weren't poor. We were poor. Right, I was so we were watching this show. What was it, baby? That Rise. Anybody know the basketball movie Rise? And I was like, all four of them slept in the same bed. I said, Bud, me and my two brothers slept in the same bed. He looked at me like I was a scum of the earth. He's like, just what? What? Really, Dad? Yes, sir. I was always warm. Like I was always warm. (laughs) And um. We went on my porch last night. He's like, I got to start painting at 10 o'clock. I said, like, okay. 
It was like 9.15. We were just talking, laughing. And I said, I, uh, I determined in my heart, Joe, when you told me you were coming, I was going to share the gospel with you. Now, what does a person who's been to church, when you say, I want to share the gospel with you, they think, well, I've already heard the gospel. I know the gospel. I'm finding out 99% of believers don't know the gospel and have never heard of it. I don't care if they're saved. They've never heard the gospel. I've been in some of the best churches with the best preachers and never, ever, I would hear a sermon on Jesus used around Easter, never heard the gospel. So we sat down on my back porch and just started talking. I didn't even tell my wife this. He calls me, he calls me little bro. He says, little bro. And he, listen, I'm lumby ending. If you hear him talk, you'd be like, what are you saying? Like, whoo. He says, little bro, I've been told for the last year, years of my life that I'm a, I'm a mess up. And we just talking. I said, Joe, well, let me share the gospel with you, man. I said, you're forgiven whether you like it or not. You can't make Jesus unforgive you. You know what comes up? Yeah, but you know, the whole prayer, you got to say the prayer. Where is that in the Bible, please? And I said, Joe, Jesus Christ forgave you 2,000 years ago. And he, like me, has been saved 75 times in his life. Because we were given this fragile Christianity. Huh? He was given a new heart, Christian, and it was taken away from him. He was given a new name, and as soon as he sinned, it was taken away from him. He was given a new identity, and as soon as he sinned, it was taken away from him. As soon as he got put to, soon as he went to prison, well, you were never saved in the first place, and it was taken away from him. And guess who the people that did that to him were? Christians. I said, little bro, I've been told all this stuff. I said, well, let me share the good news of Jesus with you, man. And I said, what, what, what if I told you, Joe, that you were already forgiven? Your sins, past, present, and future, have already been dealt with by Jesus. And what you need to do now is live in accordance with what you believe to be true. I said, because you believe something could be taken away from you, your life reflected that you believe that. But once you get exposed to the gospel, you can never become unexposed. And once you see, you can never unsee. So I got to pray with him, share the gospel, hug his neck, say, brother, I love you. I love you. And he texted me again like 3.30 this morning. We came up here last night with a few men and we prayed from like 10.30 to about, I don't know, 12.30 or so. And I said, Jesus, I thank you for your kindness. So he would say he came to Edmond, Oklahoma to paint a five below sign. I don't believe you came from Florida to spend 45 minutes painting a sign. I believe that who Paul called the father of all comfort and the father of mercy led you from Florida to Edmond, Oklahoma. He didn't even know where I lived. He was hoping he was somewhere close in the vicinity to bring you to my house so I could give you some cold Domino's pizza to sit on my back porch so I could take years of labels and years of false identity and in a 20 to a 30 minute span, I could remove all the stuff that life placed on you so that even when your heart condemns you, John said, 
when you hear the gospel, he said, you can have confidence in God. And I was removing all the condemnation because for him, every place he missed it, Christian said, I condemn you for that. I condemn you for that. I condemn you for that. They completely misread Romans 8, where there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but live by the dictates of the Spirit of God. Would you stand to your feet with me? I'm going to get you out of here about 25 minutes. Or is that good? That's good news right there. That's gospel. I want to say this. If you have been told you were anything other than loved because you did something wrong or you had a bad deed, I want to say that person may not love you, but I'm telling you, your Father in heaven loves you. There is nothing honor a sailor can do to make Lindsay and I never, ever love them. Can they disappoint us? Sure. But they can never retract my love from them. They, they'll never do it. They'll never do it. They will never do it. Because my love doesn't be given and getting taken away. And if I can feel that way as a mortal man, how much more <laughs> is the God who is life, light, and love, and who is perfect say, I love you, and there's nothing you can do. Jeremiah said it this way. He said, with cords of love, he has drawn us and he has loved us with an everlasting love. And what did Joseph Dale Jones leave my home in Twin Oaks thinking about last night when he left? I bet he left going, I'm, I'm loved, man. I had it wrong. I had it wrong. He texts me at, I don't know, 3.30, 4 o'clock again this morning. Thank you, little brother. Thank you, little brother. And made my heart full. And I want to say this. If you got any labels over you that didn't come from heaven, they might have came from a church, from a pastor, maybe even your own mind. I first want to apologize to you that somebody spoke that over you. But I want to give you permission to live in freedom from it. If you've been wearing a label that you know is not from heaven, all I want you to do, get out of your seat. Just come meet me right here. Labels come off today. Labels come off today. I say labels come off today. I say labels come off today. Every false identity comes off today. Every false identity comes off today. Comes off Marcus. If it didn't come from Abba, I don't want it. You know what I say over you? I say we send it back to the sender. Seriously. Hey, this ain't my package. Send it back to the sender. If your name wasn't on it, Send it back to the sender. Send it back to the sender. Ma'am, I don't know your name, but I, even, I hear this in my heart, just looking at your eyes. You have toted almost turmoil for a lot of years. There's been a lot of confusion almost just surrounding your life. But I hear this in my heart. I hear Papa saying, I'm getting in there with you. I'm getting in the mess with you. Jesus wrote in the dirt right in front of the woman that was taken in adultery. He got in the mess with her. He's not going to leave you there, but he's getting in it with you. I want to say this today. The sun of righteousness is arising over you, and he has healing in his wings. 
every false label, false identity that's been put over you, it's getting removed today. A lot, all that confusion, I'm telling you, today is the expiration date for it. Like it comes to a screeching halt now. You are going to leave this place today knowing I am loved, period. I am loved, period. You're fixing to go through a whole self-esteem transformation. Yeah, it's, it's gonna happen. You're gonna look in the mirror again and you're gonna know what it feels like to be beautiful. Matter of fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do, I can do it because I'm the pastor. I can do it. I love this. Before you leave today, I want to put some money in your hand. And I want, I want, here's what I want you to go do. This is, this is from the Father's heart to you. I want you to go take a me day. Go get your nails done. Go get your hair done. Go get a, I don't know, maybe my wife can tell. Go get a facial somewhere and just get a me day. Because you've, you've given out to everybody else and you're like, I'm at, the, I'm at the end of my road. What about me? But the father cares so immensely. My daughter just got done. She said, I want to get my nails done. She said, I want them long nails. I said, we ain't getting them long nails, but we'll, we'll get something. But I just want to give you some money so you can go get a me day. The father wants, can I get some ladies just to surround her for a moment? You need to know that you're not alone. Maybe that's not spiritual enough for you. Sometimes we prayed over people, but we didn't feed them. We prayed over people, but we didn't give them the, car, the, the coat that they needed. We prayed over them while their lights were out. Jesus, do it. Ben, we're going to send it back to the sender, brother. Show. Sure. We're going to send it right back to the sender. Mr. Neely, we're going to send it right back to the sender, Russ. It ain't ours, bro. It ain't yours. You will not be your own worst critic. Stop critiquing yourself. <laughs> I want to say this. You are everything that Papa desires you to be. His pleasure will never be removed from you. You will be the man, the son, the husband, and the father that you were destined to be. And you are not going to be or repeat the mistakes that you saw in front of you either. Nope. Nope. That will not be your fear. Shoo. You're not going to, you're not going to repeat the mistakes that you've seen in front of you. You have a new nature, a new birth, a new heart, and a new name. And I undergird that to be so. Come on, church. Just reach your hands this way. Come on. Just begin to just say, God, give them a new Give them a new. Give them a new. Father, I thank you for this. Jesus, I thank you for this family today. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving new nature, new heart, new identity. I thank you that every false label, I thank you that every false thing that we have gripped and grabbed that wasn't from you, I thank you, Lord, that you, not only do you take the label off, but the sticky residue that is left there, you're removing the sticky residue, Jesus. This is the Lord's doing. I thank you that it is so. I thank you that it is so. I thank you even, I hear this, God's even going to give you new tears. Show. He's going to give you a new prayer life. Some of you guys are getting your tears back. You're going to get your prayer life back. You're going to get your confidence back. You're going to be able to do life with people in a healthy community back again. Jesus. Jesus. Now can we take 30 seconds and just go crazy because God is good? Come on, 30 seconds. Come on, we still patty cake. 30 seconds.
Come on, if that was your son, if that was your daughter, if that was your spouse, what would that look like? Jesus. Don't marvel that I say you got to be born again. This is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord's doing. Come on, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. Now let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Jesus. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I ever hear this so strong in my heart. The Lord is removing depression. Shoo! I can actually point you, but I won't. But I just want you to know this: that you feel like, man, I think, I think, you've been saying, I think I'm, I think I'm depressed. I think I'm depressed. I think I'm depressed. I think I'm depressed. And before long, you thought yourself into depression. I'm telling you this. I don't think it. You are free. You are lighter than you've ever been. Jesus, you are more freer than you've ever been before. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It is for freedom that Christ has made us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free freedom 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 i'm gonna just ask your guys to put something soft on at the back and if you still want to pray if you want prayer you can come to the front i don't mind we'll just take a few moments and we'll just pray with you we'll minister to you but please if you guys... thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what jesus is doing right here at way family church in edmond oklahoma if you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.